Hey, Room 303 listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? Then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Guess what? They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on. Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code ROOM303. A $20 bonus. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Moran. And ever-present is the infernal intern, E, in the background. Welcome to Episode 64, and boy, do we have a lot to get to you. How are you doing today, Nick? I'm doing good. Uh, shout out to E. Uh, still an still an interim intern. We don't know if he's working out, but so far through the show, he has troubleshot two of his issues. Um, so he's he's on the right path to maybe getting a uh, non paid gig at the show. So that's pretty good. Like Jermaine said, we got a lot to talk about. We'll we'll discuss the uh, the NFL draft. Give a couple of uh, winners and losers that we think. Uh, talk a little bit about NBA, MLB, the new NHL broadcasting deal, um, and uh, a little bit about combat sports uh, and soccer and uh, the Manchester United fans and uh, typical Green Street hooligans in the, that's going on in uh, in England right now. Fantastic movie. Love that movie. Um, and then we'll also get into our, we got a lot for Standing O and Find Him and Cut Him. I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for the Standing O and Find Him and Cut Him. You're going to get a, a patented uh, patented Nick Moran rant for Find Him and Cut Him because not only do I hate the University of Nebraska football team from my years growing up in Colorado, but I also hate the fact that we talked about, I think we talked about a couple of episodes ago, about uh, NCAA football teams literally creating separate institutions to raise their college football student athletes. And I don't know if you guys heard the dripping sarcasm there. Yeah, so, I mean, he pretty much gave away the find him and cut him. We'll move right into trivia for you, ladies and gentlemen. So, due to the NFL draft, that inspired this trivia question for this week. And we've talked about it before on this podcast. So, if you don't know the answer to this, shame on you. Um, How many NFL, how many Hall of Famers are first overall picks, and how many are undrafted free agents? Bonus question. Which one is more than the other? That should be a big hint. 
<laughs> Let's move right into the NHL. I think that's kind of like the biggest news because the NFL drafts covered into oblivion. We'll just briefly talk about that. But the NHL has completely revamped their broadcasting structure. And after they had the lockout and went into what is somewhat would concern, consider a purgatory of sorts with their NBC contract, they are now officially with a cable provider, two cable providers, and a uh, local station. That's right. So they signed a $625 million annual contract annually. That's 425 more per year than their current deal with NBC. For, for, for those of you who don't know like the actual financials behind how the NFL is, or how the NHL is operating, since the lockout, like Jermaine mentioned, that's the 2012-2013 season, the, the NHL, only six teams out of the 32 NHL teams have, ter- have been able to turn a profit in those years. And even those six teams have had years where they've been in the red. So the fact that you're adding, and, and we'll talk about it here, but the fact that you're adding an additional $425 million in revenue to the league is huge for the NHL. Huge. Huge. So the way that splits up to 625 annually, right? It's $225 million annually to TBS and TNT. So obviously that means $400 million is for ABC ESPN, and that's, that is yearly revenue. We'll, we're going to give a little breakout of how those things are split up and what they got for the money spent. We'll go ahead and kick it off with the lighter of the two, which was the $225 million. I love how you can say that's lighter. $225 million buckaroos, and that's light money. Yeah, that's 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 uh that's that's pocket change, I guess, for the for the uh, NHL. So so in this in this seven year deal that Turner Broadcasting is getting, it includes three of the next seven Stanley Cups, half of the Stanley Cup playoffs, all seven Winter Classics, live streaming and simulcast rights on HBO Max, digital and highlight rights on Bleacher Report, and Bleacher Report digital experiences and events. Um, we don't really know what that means right now but if it's coming from bleacher reports digital uh creative team it's gonna it's gonna be fire and it's gonna be something awesome so i mean that's that's really something that we're that we're looking forward to uh and then a a 72 game or or, sorry 72 regular season contest uh turner gets yep absolutely 72 72 regular season like live broadcasting games they obviously will have more options with their simulcast on hbo max but on on tbs on on tbs and tnt correct and so we'll move right into the espn side of the deal espn signed a seven-year deal as well they got four of the seven stanley cups on abc half of that's uh half of the stanley cup playoffs just like tnt and tbs they they paid for the out-of-market subscription rights so nhl.tv which diehard NHL fans already buy and love is moving to ESPN plus. So that's a huge coup for ESPN that adds a top of line. They have top flight soccer. They have NHL. They have, um, UFC on there. So ESPN plus is steadily growing group, uh, group five college football. Oh, group of five college football. Yeah, (laughs) of course they're, of course they're supporting the NCAA, but anyways, then they get 25 regular season games uh, that are going to be kind of simul broadcasts. I think ESPN and ABC, 
then they're going to have a thousand plus games per season streaming on ESPN Plus. That number is staggering. Like a thousand games just on ESPN Plus. So then uh, ESPN Plus and Hulu are going to have 75 ESPN produced exclusive telecasts, which is similar to the 75, 72 that we referenced with TBS and TNT. They uh, also got the opening night games. They got the NHL All-Star game, and they got the skills cha- challenge. Here's an additional reason why they paid almost a hundred, not almost, they paid, uh, what is it, 175 more than uh, is for the international rights. So they got Latin America, the Caribbean, and parts of Europe. Which hopefully is, I guess, is Russia considered Europe? Yes. No, right. Yes? Okay. Yeah. So hopefully, it's Eastern, hopefully. It's, East, it's Eastern Europe. I mean, you normally say Eastern Europe and Russia because they're just so huge but it's gigantic i don't i don't that's think what she i don't said. think that they i i don't reading into this though i i don't think espn got the they got the parts of europe that are not like hockey heavy europe oh, so i okay. think i think i think central and eastern europe are like parts of that they didn't get parts of this deal got because, it because because i know the, there's a russian tv network and there's a german and a czech tv network that control those rights <laughs> they think he, he just he, he just commented that Russia or the Russian Federation is a country spanning Eastern Europe and North Asia. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Mister Washington. It's even great because you can't see him. He's just he's just text. He's like the opposite of Siri. Siri's always listening, but he's listening through text. And the all right, so the final two points for ESPN are highlight rights for the digital platform similar to Bleacher Report and ES and then uh just a quick little note that I put here. Uh ESPN Plus has 12 million subscribers, which I thought was really low. Yeah, it's because of, it's because out of the 3 of us, well, I think all 3 of us have ESPN Plus, but I know that like a bunch of my a bunch of my buddies will like group stream ESPN Plus. So, it's probably not they probably have 12 million buyers and like 30 million viewers. Got it. And then uh, and then Hulu has 39.4 million. So obviously that adds up to 51.4 million subscribers between the two platforms. Um, I, foresee, I, see, I foresee that having a fortuitous growth just based on NHL.TV. That's going to be a, a huge draw. So yeah, I, I I mean I hope ESPN can do this kind of you know we'll, we'll get into the kind of the winners and losers of this deal. I, I really think that ESPN Plus it really lucked out on this. You know they've already added the UFC, they've already added the college football like we talked about. They've already added uh, you know the the other things that, that we've discussed. You know now that that we're you know ESPN, ABC, TBS, TNT they got a lot of these deals, but it's kind of forcing people to kind of look at that HBO max and HBO max is included on Hulu. Right. Which, which I, that's one thing that I don't understand. ESPN kind of doubly won this deal because if guys sign up for Hulu and Hulu plus you get HBO max. So I wonder if HBO max you can add that's, that's going to be an interesting thing through Turner. You know what I mean? So Turner has a partnership with Hulu. I wonder. I want to see how that will will go in the future. But basically, you talk about DTC Cable, right? Director Consumer Cable. This is this is pretty much you know sounding the death bell for them because you know these you know seventy two games will be on 
on ABC, but I would assume these same games are going to be streaming on ESPN Plus and Hulu. So if you have that Hulu subscription, you don't need to, you know, you can pay $10 more and now you have, you know, local, you have your, I can watch the Colorado Avalanche, right? You can watch the Chicago Blackhawks and you can be in San Diego and I could be in, you know, North Carolina. And just by paying $10, you know, 10 extra dollars a month, we can watch that on ESPN or ESPN Plus or Hulu. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this, these streaming wars end up splitting everything up. It's going to fracture and splinter everything, and I'm not really looking forward to it. It's almost like I'm like, yo, bring back, bring back direct to consumer cable. <laughs> so, uh, note from the editor, which is what we'll call E. Um, it's going to be more than whoa, double whoa, that. whoa, whoa, whoa. Note from the intern. Well, I went E for editor. So I know, but I'm going E for intern (laughs) (laughs) all right spelling is hard (laughs) nhl's 62 625 million a season right uh i don't think that's accurate it's going to be more than that but with ad revenue and everything but more than double its current 300 million annually but it's 200 million from nbc so they probably got another hundred from someone else and then the six teams that uh, Nick was referencing are Toronto, New York, Montreal, Boston, Vancouver, and Chicago. So three, <clears throat> excuse me, two Northeast teams, three Canadian teams, and then one Midwestern team. 76% for six teams is a crazy amount. That's a lot of money. So, uh, all right, so do you want to do losers or winners? Yeah, I mean, we, we can talk about we can talk about losers right now. I mean, we, we already talked about one loser in broadcast television, so I'll keep going. I mean, obviously, you got to think NBC is a loser, right? Uh, you know, Wednesday Wednesday night hockey, I, I love that on NBC. That's kind of been, you know, NBC Sports Network. That's kind of been a fixture for a while now, right? Um, but they paid $2 billion annually to, to keep the rights to Sunday night football, right? And now you're seeing ESPN pay, what was it? You know, ESPN almost double your offer that you had yeah but du- literally double your offer that you had right and then have another um, 225 kicked in by turner broadcasting you, you can't afford that so now espn has four of the next seven stanley cups right they're basically they're removed from nhl broadcasting because they prioritized keeping the epl uh for that peacock streaming service which they've pretty much linked to that's been their big link right you can stream the epl through through Peacock, uh, I don't. I, I haven't seen the market dynamics on it, right? I haven't seen how many people watch their NHL versus how many people watch their EPL. I would assume that if you're trying to break into a market, the EPL would probably be something to keep. But there's no way to look at NBC uh, like as as not a loser in this. And and one and I'll loop in another thing. And and this has kind of been ever since um, ever since Doc Emmerich wasn't doing the broadcast anymore that was kind of a it was kind of a bummer for the for the nhl staff um because you know he was a he was the iconic voice of of hockey uh when it came to that that nbc's uh broadcasting system but to just but to talk about the little guy now you know now that it's being turned over to turner broadcasting and espn espn is hemorrhaging money and is probably not going to want to pay since they're paying double what NBC was paying they're probably not gonna keep a lot of these people around so 
you know, you're going to have a lot of turnover with, within the, the company of, of NBC. So you really just hope that, that it doesn't, you know, crush hundreds of, of jobs in, at NBC. Yeah. The NBC NHL staff, uh, it's gotta be scrambling. <laughs> yeah. Did you imagine you're like, Oh, NBC didn't renew NBC didn't renew. And then bam, all of a sudden it's two other yeah. companies and, the only thing you can hope for is it's two other companies, and they yeah. both have to have essentially staff. the same staff that yeah. NBC had. And if you have previous experience, you're going to be able, or ideally, should get your foot in the door. Uh, I then, don't know how much you'll get paid, though. I'll I'll give you one final loser, and and that's really the fans, right? And and you talked about you know we we like to talk right now you know the the DTC the DTC cable and and all that you know we're we were paying outrageous amounts of money for these packages, and now we're paying you know we like to think and we like to look at Hulu and we like to say oh fifty nine dollars for Hulu Live TV oh you know ten dollars for ESPN Plus oh you know uh, you know the ESPN you know, the HBO Max adds another five bucks and it's just kind of you know the fourteen dollars for Netflix you know stuff like that, but it's going to get to the point now where once the once the competition is eliminated, bro, the cable, right, the broadcast cable companies, it's just going to be what, what like what, what is what is what is this? What are the streaming services doing with this hand that they're not doing with this hand? The, the the problem is that as we get more specialization in it to keep com- competitors away, they're going to start restricting these games. So we're going to see more blackout games. We're going to see more, hey, I, I want to watch the Avs and the Blackhawks on a Thursday night in North Carolina. And they're like, oh, sorry, that game isn't available in your area because it's because it's being streamed on ESPN. Oh, I don't have ESPN Plus or, or, or I don't have ESPN. It's not on ESPN Plus. Right. And so we're going to have to watch, you know, the Rangers and the I don't know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of bad teams, or that we're we're gonna have to watch the Senators and the Sabers if we want. You know, if we want to watch hockey on a on a Thursday night, the so, Red Wings and the Devils. Yeah, I mean, like, and 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 this is a good note that that we put in here is that you know you, you wish for one thing, you want to be a cord cutter, but watch out because when 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 you eliminate competition in, in a marketplace, you create. <laughs> You create something where those companies can now dictate their prices. Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, Hulu, Hulu is Hulu is you know fifteen bucks right now. ESPN is ten bucks right now. But don't be surprised with all this money that they're paying if it doesn't slowly, slowly trick up. But let's 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 end it on a happy note though. Give me some winners from this deal. Uh, so the winners are obviously the NHL, right? <laughs> That's. Few and far between. I know a lot of people that would probably enjoy hockey, especially overtime hockey when they do three on three. Everyone thinks that playoff hockey is outstanding. You know, that's all fun, great to watch, but it was hard to access because it was on NBC Sports Network at all times. So, with 425 million increase, as well as ESPN, TNT, TBS, and ABC, which already have huge attractions, right? Because MLB is on TNT and TBS. Um, NBA is on ESPN and, and TNT, so those fans were already paying them. And when those fans are bored, guess what they're going to be doing? They're going to be putting on the hockey games. So you're going to be drawing in more casual viewership. And with, so with that being said, HBO Max, ESPN Plus, and Hulu, that subscriber base already puts you next level. Because HBO Max, I, if I believe the number, it was like they might be like 90 million now. 
I could be dead wrong on that. We'll we'll see what E comes up with, but and then every other day on ESPN, it's going to be Stanley Cup Finals versus and then NBA Finals the next day. <laughs> so for for two and a half weeks, they're going to have every single sports fan watching. Well, you know most the the ones that matter, anyways. And the second winner is uh, Turner Sports. So, uh, yeah, HBO Max has 115 million. Yeah, I, I shortchanged it. Must be that Snyder cut gave them that boost they were looking for, bro. Um, and then the second winner is Turner Sports. Um, a lot of people don't probably don't realize it, or they casually realize it. They don't realize it when it's said holistically. But is it the secret sports behemoth? Because you know, Fox started FS1. And they have their talking head shows trying to compete with ESPN. Nobody does highlight shows. <laughs> and all the talking head shows are the same. And they all stink. They all have the same talking points about the same stupid stories that don't matter. Nobody talks about the actual games anymore. But TNT, as mentioned, they have NBA on, on Thursdays. They have MLB. They do they do Wednesday night baseball on, on uh tbs no wednesday night baseball is espn i think all right so i mean they have that up though they have mlb they have a specific day they do um now they have nhl the ncaa tournament golf with the match they have one fighting championship which comes on after pro wrestling in aew they have bleacher report they have bleacher report live which provides select soccer matches they have a DraftKings partnership they have their e-league and they have a brand new bleacher report studio and caesars to produce sports book content the race with the self-proclaimed entertainment and sports programming network might have a battle on its hand yeah i I mean, you you got to think you you don't really look at Turner Broadcasting as it's it kind of seems you know it, it kind of seems antiquated to say you know Turner Turner Broadcasting you kind of think the old like TNT the Cartoon Network the the stuff like that but they are they're really I'm they're really making inroads and and with this deal it's just kind of the you know the MLB is kind of the last sanctuary I guess of of you know programming i well, i guess the nfl is kind of the last sanctuary that hasn't been touched by turner sports right now and and they're kind of scooping up kind of scooping up that outlying stuff that has the chance to explode you know we don't know how big esports can be we we don't know how you know this the ncaa tournament is definitely going to be like you said one fighting a and w blew the bleacher report live and their you know their digital content creators are awesome uh, it's 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 going to be pretty interesting to see in the next 10 years what Turner Sports does with these deals. I would love to see them call up the XFL and the CFL and say, hey, both of your seasons are on TNT TBS. The champion of your season play each other in the Super Turner Cup Bowl. I don't know. It's a working title. And I, I, I want to see Turner. I want to see. I'm going to call up Ted Turner and say, "Hey, remember that trampoline basketball? Slam <laughs> so ball in the yeah, slam ball." <laughs> I was like, I was like, bring back, bring back slam ball with all that money you're getting, dude. Turner needs to start a professional dodgeball league. If men could win Olympic gold medals, 
if they can win Olympic gold medals for what's that? What's that ice game? What's the, uh, where they use the brooms? Curling. Curling. If you can win an Olympic gold medal for freaking curling, we better get dodgeball at TNT. No, 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 no. You you got it entirely wrong. There are athletes that win gold medals for curling. What you're talking about is the U.S. men's team that won gold at the last Olympics by basically just being a bunch of uh, northern Minnesota dads that were like, oh, gosh, I guess we can curl. They, they oh, literally no- sat, around, sat around one day and were like, we could go win a gold medal. Another day of snow. What should we do? Oh gosh! <laughs> All right, let's talk. Uh, let's 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 get into the uh, let's get into the main the meat and potatoes. Let's talk about the NFL draft. Oh, you just want to jump right into it, huh? All right. Just, so, who do you got? What do you got? Give it. Well, so, give it a go. Give it a go. Well, let's 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 talk about what happened before the NFL draft. So, we thought that we 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 predicted last episode. We said, hey, AB. Had his charges dropped, he's good to go. You know, we could, we would love to see him resign with. I, I said Green Bay would be great. We'll get on, we'll get to that in a second. Maybe Green Bay wouldn't be so great. Uh, we said Baltimore would probably be where we could see him, where we could see him landing. You know, a bunch of other teams need a wide receiver. Nope. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers continue to reload. They sign AB to a one-year, six point two five million dollar deal. Where are they getting all this money from? Do they have stake in Turner Broadcasting? <laughs> no, they have Dodgecoin. No, that's 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 what it is. So A B so the Bucks resign A B. Then Carolina, uh, the trade that we all knew was coming, they trade in in typical Carolina fashion, new GM. We still Carolina still doesn't learn how to make trades. Trade uh trades Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater to Denver for a six round pick, uh, and then agrees to pay seven million of his ten million dollar salary uh, for this upcoming year. Then, right before the NFL draft a big big news breaks and it's a it's a tweet by uh, Aaron Rodgers that sends the football world into chaos and he says he wants the GM Brian Gutkurst fired he no longer wants to be a packer and he probably no longer wants to be a packer Jermaine because in the last 10 years they have drafted one offensive player, and that was quarterback Jordan Love last year to basically replace Aaron Rodgers. In the first round. In the first round. That's right. One offensive player drafted in the first round in the last 10 years. So uh, my man's is basically begging for support, and uh, he didn't get it. So he sends basically sends the world into chaos. So with that, let's talk about winners and losers of the draft. Let's, let's do this. Uh, I'll give a winner. You give a winner. Uh, we'll do two winners and two losers. What do you think about that? Uh, all right, and then I'll do an honorable mention. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, my first winner is the Los Angeles Chargers, the LA Chargers. They needed to do two things. They needed to draft a tackle that could protect their young quarterback, and they needed to draft a good cornerback and a decent wide receiver. They did all of it, right? Rashawn Slater at 13. Some had him ranked higher than Panay Sewell. They drafted Josh Palmer, wide receiver. And then they drafted Asante Samuel at 47, who I don't think a lot of people thought would be there at 47. That's my first winner. Okay. Dude, yeah, Asante Samuel. <laughs> I wanted the Saints to take him in the first round. We'll get to that later. Um, ooh, foreshadowing. This is a professional podcast. So, first of all, your boy Skinny P is here. And... I'm, what do I say? Every year I gush about 
the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are always lights out in the draft. So I can't pick them again this year. I just It seems like for the last 10 years I've been saying, hey, the Baltimore Ravens are awesome. They're lights out. They're great. Blah, blah, blah. And it happened again. They did a great freaking job. So I'm just going to move on and pick a different team. I actually want to spotlight <laughs> uh, somebody I didn't actually think was going to happen. I actually love what the New York Jets did in this draft. First of all, it's kind of hard to mess up a draft when you have the second pick, but the Jets have done it before. So they took Zach Wilson, quarterback BYU, which seems to be a surefire prospect. You know, quarterbacks are always uh, few and far between, so we'll see how that goes. But then they traded up in the first round. I believe it was seven spots to take Elijah Vera Tucker, guard out of USC, so not only did they draft their quarterback, they went and got him help to keep him upright. So now they have Makai Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker on that offensive line protecting his left side. Should be lights out for Zach Wilson to be successful in that form. Then they went and got in the very the second pick of the second round. They went and took a first round talent in Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. I was just like, wow. Okay, so now a team devoid of weapons that practically sold Sam Darnold down the river. Shout out the Carolina Panthers. Um, by not getting him any offensive line, not getting him any re- receivers, and then signing him old man Le'Veon Bell. Then, in round four, they get Michael Carter running back out of North Carolina, which is where some people actually thought he would go late round two beginning around three so the value is there and what do we love on this podcast more than value uh great power running backs <laughs> great power running backs they short up their secondary with their next five picks after that safety safety cornerback safety they couldn't stop a nosebleed last year and then they ended with two more picks in the sixth round drafting another cornerback and a defensive tackle First of all, you just have to say the Jets have never been this efficient, this masterful, this smart with trades and trade backs and et cetera and et cetera. It's got to be the Jets. The Jets get an A-plus for actually showing up with their homework done. So, I I agree with most things you said except for the fact that the Jets get an A-plus. I know that picking at number two is hard when you know you have Justin – you have – the fucking the number two pick right i don't like zach wilson at the number two i don't think he's going to be a good quarterback in the nfl however i love their next three selections right vera tucker is basically you know what what kills rookie quarterbacks we've seen it happen we saw it happen with joe burrow last year we've saw we've seen it happen with deshaun watson we saw it happen with dwayne haskins off poor offensive line kills quarterback potential and getting Vera Tucker for to play you know he can play guard or he can slide out to tackle or getting a guy like Elijah Moore who again like that Asante Samuel pick I didn't think would be there and was kind of you know the the sleeper of the draft and then to get the North Carolina running back in the fourth round that's I think they killed it with their their first three picks and they picked the best player available at two and a need I just hope that they can develop quarterbacks better with a guy like Robert Sala, who is a defensive-minded guy. Does that make sense? Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a good point. So just a few quick notes from the intern. Uh, they moved up nine spots from 23 to 14, and they ended up with three prospects inside the top 16. Hence why I said A+, plus, even though Nick dislikes the quarterback. That is a conversation for another day. Uh, first of all, I wouldn't have passed on Justin Fields, so I understand what Nick is saying completely. So, uh, Ed, can you get us the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. All right, Nick, who do you have as your first loser? Or what do you you want to keep doing winners or do you want to do losers? Well, yeah, I'll just I'll just make a I'll just make a a very quick uh agreeance with you. I agree the Baltimore Ravens continue to even with uh oh, Mike LaFleur is the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins. I think that Baltimore continues to kill it. Uh it is it is incredible that the Baltimore Ravens have had about uh, 10 years of good drafts, I think. Like Ozzie Newsom, guys like that. And, and even though Newsom is gone, they continue to have great drafts. I Just real quick, one, one more winner, Miami. Miami Dolphins, I think, needed to kind of give Tua an excuse, I guess, right? If, if, that's, if that's the right word, you know, to see if Tua is really that guy that they need you have to surround him with the tools, right? And I think they did that when they added Jalen Waddle. You know, two guys that need to prove themselves in Tua and Jalen Waddle match them up from college again, and they signed Will Fuller the fifth. I, I think that the the Dolphins really did everything that they that they needed to do to to give Tua a chance. But yeah, let's let's go into let's go into losers. You give me your you give me your first loser. The first loser is the New Orleans Saints. I, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. I I don't know what the hell they're doing here. Um, they kind of saved their draft, I guess, if you want to consider that, when they traded it up in the third round to take a cornerback that we desperately needed. But uh, we had so many departures, and the first pick in the first round at pick 28 was a defensive end out of Houston. When... Four years ago, we traded up, including an extra first-round pick to select Marcus Davenport and picked up his option the day before the draft, and our first move was to draft another defensive end. Are you admitting to your mistake for trading two first-round picks, which is the value of typically moving up to get a quarterback, and taking another DN? I get Trey Hendrickson left, but that doesn't excuse making another pick. He's not a starter. How is your day one guy not going to come in and be a starter? With Terrence Marshall, the wide receiver out of LSU on the board, with Asante Samuel Jr. on the board, Elijah Moore on the board. I mean, you could literally keep going on draft picks after that. But, you know, I, I don't know. I would give them a C-. minus. I, I think that the best thing you can say about or the thing that you can say about all the Saints draft picks is that they could have been around later. You could have you could have drafted somebody and then still got that the guy that they got or the guys that they got a, a, around later. You know what I mean? It's yeah, almost like you drafted a guy you you drafted you reached you reached on every single one of your picks and no draft day trades for the for the Saints. What's going on? No, we did. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, we traded up to get Paul at Adebo, the corner in the third round. Oh, okay. um, he opted out of the last season, so who knows? But he's six foot one, and he ran a four. 
I think it was like a four four three. <laughs> I think you pair those two together. Uh, dude has round one potential, but then we drafted Ian Book, who's like you can't even say a poor man's Drew Brees. It's like a poor, poor, poor man's Drew Brees. That that dude will be out of the league in three years. <laughs> Well, he's a Notre Dame quarterback, so yeah, he's not. He's like they're like uh, they're like uh, actually they're like Ohio State quarterbacks and Alabama quarterbacks. They just stink, bro. They his ceiling his ceiling is like what uh, XFL quarterback. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, Debo ran a four four two. I had it off by point zero one seconds. I my my biggest loser is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I I don't I don't think that the, I don't think there there has been such um, a run of greatness, right? Kind of a, a you know a, a mini dynasty for the for the Steelers without actually winning anything. Um, that that they've just kind of expected greatness, and and I you know I, I we we could be looking at this draft in two to three years and saying Mike Tomlin really is a great developer of talent. But I don't think the Steelers got any talent. Like with with the amount of people on the board and picking at twenty four is kind of that weird spot. But I don't think Pittsburgh got anyone who is incredibly talented to begin with. I think we're really going to see in two to three years how great of a talent evaluator or how great of a talent developer Mike Tomlin and his coaching staff are. Yeah, I I, I can understand that for sure. But I, I don't. I don't like Najee. I mean, we've talked about this. I don't like Najee Harris at twenty four with Pittsburgh. I think Travis Etienne was a better running back, and they drafted Najee Harris. Right? You. What did for for a Steelers team that started unbeaten for the first what uh, ten or eleven games? I think it was ten games. And then yeah, collapsed it was down the yeah, and then collapsed down the stretch. Who did you get? Right? I'm looking at their draft class right now. Najee Harris. Uh, Pat Firamak from the tight end from Penn State, Kendrick Green, the center from Illinois, um, Dan Moore Jr., the offensive tackle from Texas A&M. Those first four picks, I, I mean, I, I don't really see any value there. The tight end from Penn State is is a blocking is a blocking tight end, and you need guys that can catch, especially when Eric Ebron led the you know led the league with drops from the tight end position. I. I I just I don't see I don't see you know we in this podcast talk about it a lot I don't see the value in the Pittsburgh Steelers draft and I think it's kind of indicative of where the organization is going now. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. So Mike did Tomlin, I, did, did, did I hit the nail on the head? <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's um, Mike Tomlin is going to have to prove his salt. Their their offensive line. Is, well, I, let's 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 say this literal shambles. Let's say this: he will have to continue to prove his salt. He will continue to be, you know, that guy. We, you know, we looked at last year. We didn't think a guy like Chase Claypool was going to be this good, right? You didn't think a guy like Juju Smith was going to be that good, and right, he had a B. We, we, I mean, we even talk about the A B and the Le'Veon Bell. Like how how great of a fucking player coach is Mike Tomlin that he managed to manage Big Ben 
AB, Le'Veon Bell to success with very minimal media leakage or anything like that. You see guys like Alexander Villanueva talk, you know, guys that leave the organization talk so much about Mike Tomlin and so much about how he's, how he's a great player coach. So I don't, I don't have any, I, I, like I said, in two to three years of this class, we could be looking back and say, well, what, what, I mean, what steals Pittsburgh found? But I just don't think, I mean, it's as much as we like to talk about, uh, um, Alabama running backs now that you know now that Derrick Henry is is eating the league up Derrick Henry could have gone to East Tennessee Polytechnical University and he would be a star in the NFL we still have to say Alabama running backs really aren't that good in the NFL Trent Richardson bro Trent well that's that's the example everyone goes to I'm but, you know, saying, Mark, like, if you want a bad I mean, Alabama running back look at Trent Richardson yeah I mean I, even Mark Ingram was kind of a is kind of a late bloomer Right. So. Oh, I won't allow that slander. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I would say he didn't bloom until the Baltimore Ravens. So. Wow. That was Go a, check his stats against <laughs> Carolina, then, bro. All right. Yeah. So. So. What? So. What, this. This. This draft. The first night of the draft was the second rated first night in history. Two million more viewers than the Oscars. And That's next outrageous, year, dude. And next year, the 2022 NFL draft will be in Vegas, so you guys might have to. We might. You might have to expect a uh, a room 303 uh, draft in Vegas. My draft 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 special in Vegas. But what what, what is what's the what's the fight? You got any final things from the? Here, here's my question. Right now that we've seen the way it's broken out, and Green Bay refused to to really add anybody. Right. Where what, is Aaron Rodgers gone? Yeah, he has to be right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't, he's I, gone. I don't, I, I don't see. I, I just saw something on social media this morning that said seven teams have put in a trade package for Aaron Rodgers. The San Francisco 49ers have put in an offer for him. Oh man, that would be outstanding to see, bro. Yeah. Uh yeah, Denver is the draft betting favorite. I think they're like plus six hundred to land him or something like that. If you go they, to the draft, yeah, they are the favorite for his next landing spot. Um, okay, because right now Green Bay is still the favorite. I think Green Bay is like minus one twenty five right now. Well, they're not trading him this year. Too much dead money on the cap. Yeah, uh, he's gonna have to sit out the season. Uh, is what I'm thinking. But I just want to do a quick spotlight on uh, Dave Gettleman. The much maligned Dave Gettleman that Nick and I uh, absolutely hate. We think he's a horrendous, horrendous, horrendous general manager. How many but, times I got to teach you this lesson, old man? But man, he put together a hell of a draft of the Giants. Shout out to him, uh, as always. Spielman for Minnesota Vikings, just a masterful board worker masterful shame he can't evaluate quarterbacks because he'd have multiple rings by now but he just cannot figure out the quarterback position the dude was at a position i think he was 14th in the draft he was 14th in the draft moved back to 23 and got the same player he was gonna pick at 14 (laughs) like that's outrageous that's Uh, always a win and i have to bury the carolina panthers okay Sam Darnold did not get the offensive line help that he needed. They continued to trade back instead of drafting offensive tackles. 
I don't get it. I I love. You guys haven't had a good one since 2013. A good offensive tackle. I love. Well, I'll say 2015, right? Because that was the year that we had that we actually had a healthy Ryan Khalil, um, and a good that was a good Trey Turner. Um, Yeah, I, I I don't I. JC Horn was the best player available. I would have loved to see either a trade down for teams that were interested and grab and grab a guy like Rashawn Slater, or you have to know if if Panay Sewell, if you just picked up Sam Darnold's option and Panay Sewell is one spot is one spot above you, you have to be hammering the Miami Dolphins on the phone until they or it wasn't Miami that picked him up. Sorry, you have to be Detroit. hammering Detroit. Right, you have to be hammering the Lions' phone until they until they they pick up. I, maybe I, I'm I'm walking across the draft room. I'm I'm yelling across the draft room. Whatever you want, right? You want my kids? You want my house? You want my house? You want some of my stocks? Like, what do we want? Tepper, give him a portion of your company. I don't care. Panay Sewell, a generational offensive lineman, the one of the best offensive linemen we have probably had since Jordan Gross on the left side and you let him go a spot above you to a team that was going to the only thing that I can think is that they must have thought Detroit was going to draft a defensive player. Yeah, I guess so. They should have they should have done exactly what you, Tampa Bay and San Francisco did last year. Tampa Bay traded back or sorry, San Francisco traded back and Tampa Bay took the offensive lineman that ended up winning them the Super Bowl because he was that good. Yeah. Um yeah. I just wanted I just had to bury Carolina for that. I don't care that they got Terrence Marshall later. They kept trading back, trading back, and who'd they get as their offensive tackle is like uh, Brady Christensen, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they got um, two. They, yeah, they got they got Brady Christensen out of uh, Penn State, and then they got um, the dump truck out of uh, Alabama, uh, Devonte. Uh, Devonte Brown. That's his name. Yeah, the biggest human on planet Earth. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't hate, I, I, I didn't hate their draft. I, I didn't hate their draft because here, here's one thing. What have I, what have I complained about as a Carolina Panthers fan? Pretty much my whole time on this podcast is secondary. We've never added a good, uh, like we, the, uh, Josh Norman was our last good secondary player, and we got him in the sixth round. I'm not angry with the J.C. Horn pick, right? I think Brady Christensen. I, I, I really hope that we have a couple of stop gaps. I, I hope <laughs> I, I hope that he's a stop gap. I, 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 I'm not angry with the J.C. Horn pick. I would have liked to see him trade down. I think the Terrence Marshall, Marshall pick in round two is a fabulous pick. Uh, but ooh, he's a number three, number four wide receiver who's, who's, a, who's a, a, a Ted Ginn-like slot burner. I mean, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Right, maybe, maybe I do hate this draft a little bit more. I mean, I'd look into their picks. Brady Christensen, uh, sorry, from BYU. Right, uh, I guess the the sixth best offensive tackle in the draft. <laughs> uh, Tommy Treble, a tight end from Notre Dame, who caught what blocking 30, tight end? Yeah, who caught thirty passes at Notre Dame and isn't really highly ranked as a blocking tight end. Chuba Hubbard, a running back from Oklahoma State. Who do the Carolina Panthers have a running back? No, Mike Davis left. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so they don't have anybody else. So maybe that's a good pick, right? Oh no, wait. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the the defensive tackle Nixon from Iowa, the cornerback Taylor, Deontay Brown, maybe the guard from Alabama. Is he too slow to play in the NFL? That's why he dropped to the sixth round. I don't know. And then a wide receiver from South Carolina, Jay Smith, and then a long snapper. I like, <laughs> dude. Like, I, that's I, what I, I told don't know. you. Maybe I, yeah, maybe I don't. You know what? I'm I'm changing my pick. I think the Carolina Panthers had a terrible draft. I think they had probably one of the worst drafts. All right, well let's let let's let's move on from this from this from this charade of a uh, of a draft. What do you want to do next? You want to talk let's about? Do, let's talk about NCAA giving Mark Emmer a contract extension through 2025. All right, so next we'll talk about combat sports. Yes, Conor McGregor sold proper number twelve. Yeah. For six hundred million dollars, bro. Yeah, four hundred four hundred million dollars in new money. Have you tried Brad- it? Have you tried Proper Twelve? <laughs> That's awful. what I've heard. I haven't tried it. It's hold on, horrendous. Hold on. Let, me, let me let me let me mute myself and turn to the whiskey drinker in the house, dude. So what I will say is, on a bachelor weekend with the whole squad, that bottle was left over. We drank literally everything. Oh no, we, that's that's damning. On a hold drank, on, hold on. On a bachelor weekend with the boys, that bottle was left over after the bachelor weekend. That's a that's a damning indictment of the quality of his whiskey. That's a, we've we've had a bottle basically. We've had a bottle in our house for about four months now. A bottle of Bushmills. So basically, you just said, you just said that basically that is the equivalent of Bushmills. 100% bro I had to oh. put it in a trash bag put it in my trunk oh. and drive to my crib to put it in the freezer where it sat till I moved out and poured it out down the sink because I did oh. not drink it well <laughs> good for Conor McGregor maybe Conor McGregor is a better businessman than we thought to trash <laughs> whiskey for 600 million dollars Re- he will retain interest and an active role what a brilliant son of a bitch bro um and then E E says he won't he has his bottle and he refuses to open it again. So that's another damning indictment on that whiskey. And I love whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> I just I can't believe it, dude. Uh Floyd Mayweather is fighting Logan Paul June sixth in Miami. That is That's news. That's crazy. I mean Floyd, I mean Floyd Floyd Mayweather said it perfectly, right? Yes. Listen, listen. I, I He's like, listen, I can get a hundred million dollars to fight. Or he's like, I, I can get you know fifty million dollars or, or something to fight an actual boxer, right? And there's a chance that I can tarnish my reputation. Or he's like, I don't really care what happens. I'm getting a hundred million dollars to fight a YouTuber. And I think we're gonna say, I think we're gonna see. We talked shit about it before, right? How Floyd May- Mayweather stinks. Right when it comes to boxing, and he's like the most boring, worst boxer in the world. I think he's gonna drop Logan Paul. <laughs> I wouldn't say stinks, but I think Floyd Mayweather is upset, bro. <laughs> I think he's gonna bounce Logan Paul off the canvas. And if he doesn't, and he gets rocked, hell yeah, bro. That's oh yeah, better, bro. There's, there's I cannot no... lose in this fight. I cannot lose in this fight. Yeah, this I'm. Is it gonna be on? Is it gonna be on Dapper or or Tapper or whatever that? Whatever that streaming service is, I couldn't tell you. I don't. It's gonna be on pay per view. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, the we we talk about uh, 
the uh, we we talk about the uh, backlash from the Super League and and just a you know we've we've kind of seen now two things happen since the backlash of the uh, of the Super League. Uh, Spotify CEO, a longtime Arsenal fan, uh, has raised funds for a bid on on Arsenal FC and is trying to get uh, Stan Kroenke to uh, sell it. Uh, Stan Kroenke will probably not sell it, and uh, Stan Kroenke can uh, go eat a satchel of Richards because he changed the name of my favorite arena on planet Earth to the Ball Arena. That's right. The Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado is now known as the Ball Arena. That's a horrendous name change. So yeah, Thierry, Thierry, Henry, Thierry Henry is part of that uh, group that wants to buy Arsenal. Yeah. So uh, that's <laughs> Ball Arena. <laughs> It's like he he had his he had his eight month old pick the name. <laughs> it's just the first thing that baby saw. Ball. Uh, yeah, and then so Juventus' title streak was stabbed by Inter Milan nine straight. So Ronaldo is no longer the goat, right? All the Messi fans in the background chanting that. So let me. Uh, I I I don't I don't have the actual I don't have the actual numbers here. And and I wish I sent it to you, but let me give a shout out to uh, Arturo Vidal. In ten years, Arturo Vidal has nine titles with three different teams in four leagues in the last decade. Is Arturo is can we can we start thinking of Arturo Vidal as kind of a are, he just goes and gets championships generational talent <laughs> yeah, dude. think That's about not it even dude. sarcasm he's actually <laughs> he's, terrific. He's, gone, <laughs> like, he's gone i mean like he is he is that he is literally a dude that you are like oh like oh arturo vidal is on that team and then you're like oh that team won the league again <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i mean he's gone from barca to bayern to now uh inter milan yeah i did i, I Arturo Vidal better than Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo? Question mark. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking <dog>. news. <laughs> you heard so, it here first. So Pep Guardiola and Man City are going to win the UEFA Champions League, as I predicted several weeks ago. So if you put your bets in, you're welcome. I know intern E didn't believe me, and now he's upset. Garbage. Um, because Chelsea's going to drop the ball and lose to them in the final. Hundred percent, but that's if Chelsea. That's if Chelsea doesn't drop the ball in the semifinals. <laughs> he said he's lucky he can't talk. All right, well, buy a headset, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't my fault you're poor. <laughs> Yo, so Pep and City have scored seven hundred goals during his tenure. A hundred and fifty-seven more goals than any other club during that time. For context. Last podcast, we said that Harry Kane has 163 goals in his English League Premier English Premier League career. career. Yeah. So in Pep's time span, he has Harry Kane's goals more than the next closest team in all competitions. That's insane. Yeah, that's. I mean, Pep Guardiola also also is trash, but you know, cool, good for him. Great, good, good for him. 
I love how he can do all these crazy things and everyone still thinks he's trash. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I will not take away from him. He had he is one of the generational talents at Barcelona. I just don't think he's done really that much since. Yeah, he broke the financial fair play rules, remember? We covered yeah. that in, oh, in yeah. ad nauseum. Yeah, he, uh, I, he makes a good point. It's easy to do when you're when you're getting literal Saudi oil money to to run your team. So Manchester United and Liverpool's match on Sunday was postponed by the Green Street Hooligans storming the field. Mm-hmm. Um, in arguably the English Premier League's most decorated and beloved franchise, there is turmoil all about. The Super League did not sit well with fans and. Honestly, I love every bit of this because they keep paying more and more money and then they get disrespected like this with the Super League, which I was a fan of, but you know, what do I know? Um, and they made a point in arguably one of the biggest, you know, matchups, two of the super, super six douches <laughs> playing in the same game. Um, man, it was great to see. They made. They made a passionate plea, and this is not the end of it. I would love to see how this keeps going. And apparently, one of the reports, which was or which was uh, indeed um, obviously talked down upon, but one of the reports said that one of the gatekeepers left the gate open for the fans. Of course he did. I mean, like there, there's no, there's no way that they broke into fucking Old Trafford and with it, you know, there's no way that they they were, they thronged through Old Trafford. Some dude was like, hmm, well, oh, where's the key for this lock? Well, guess I don't have it. Oh, look more at this li- mob of people. <laughs> more than likely, there was one dude who was in and he opened the gate for everyone else. <laughs> Wait, you're saying that a groundskeeper who worked at Old Trafford was a Manchester United fan? No, and was, and was and was one of the seventy eight percent of people who said that they would not support a European Super League. Outrageous. I mean, you what got. A- I mean, I mean, well, well, I'm going to do standing O a little bit early. Like, regardless of regardless of what PSG uh, did in the Champions League, uh, you really got to you really got to throw it out to three teams, right? Uh, Dortmund, Bayern, and PSG to just distance themselves as far as possible from the Super League. And they even and they even did the right thing on social media, leaking the contract details. And they were like, "Look, this is what the Super League proposed us," and we said, "Nope," because they, they even, knew. They even wrote letters. Well, maybe PSG was the only one, but they wrote a letter about how it was disrespectful to football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. was just and, like, and, "Wow!" And you know those you know those Germans? They're very analytical, and they looked at it and they said, "Hmm, seventy eight percent of people say no." Hmm. That seems like a big number. They're the only ones who did a focus group. Yeah, they said, "Would you like? Would you like a European Super League?" And they said nine. And they said, "Okay, we will not do it then." Uh, I don't know how to follow that up, so I'm just going to move into NBA news. Yeah, there we go. Let's go. <laughs> LeBron James rookie card sells for five point two million dollars. Yawn. He's not even the goat. <laughs> big facts. <laughs> Moving uh, on. <laughs> Golden State Warriors use NFT collection to raise money for charity. Jan, NFTs Steph- are everywhere, bro. Yan, Steph Curry's passes prime. Moving on. <laughs> Just full of hot takes. Is, uh, is, War- the, is, is, is the best NFT Andre Iguodala getting blocked in the finals? Because that should be the highest selling <laughs> NFT. It's the best Golden State moment I can think of. Moving on. If, it, 
If it's not, I'm using all my Dogecoin to buy it. <laughs> uh, and then finally, last but not least, Warriors wear Mambasita clothing line, Vanessa Bryant's clothing collection that launched on Gigi's 15th birthday. Awesome. I mean, I mean, you you predicted that this was coming, but yeah, that's awesome. I thought it was fantastic. That's dope. And on the birthday, the contract ended before. I thought it was all class. And Mambasita, mm-hmm. remember I said it was going to be Mamba something. Yep. There it is, yep. Mambasita, Mamba bro. Yep. All right, so you want to take us into the MLB news, and then we'll wrap it up with standing on and find him and cut him? So Sh- Shohei uh, Otani is I, – I, is he starting? Are the Angels just the team that nobody talks about, is nobody amazed in? So there was a time yeah, last week where Mike where Trout, where, where Otani where Otani becomes a becomes a first pitcher to start a game while leading the MLB in home runs since Babe Ruth a hundred years ago. Otani is 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 incredible. He's a fucking two. He's a two. He's a two way player. It helps. It helps that he's Japanese and he grew up throwing throwing two hundred and fifty pitches a game. That I'm sure that helps, right? So his arm is basically rubber at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, dude, uh, Otani is doing. Otani is just doing things that are that are just out of this world. Uh, basically, the MLB also came out. Did you see this news that the MLB came out and said that for a new franchise for expansion, uh, a new MLB franchise would be two point two billion dollars. However, Rob Manfred made it very clear that he has no plans to add a new team. However, here's the two- number. <laughs> However, yeah, what a t- <laughs> what I mean, like really, I get it, dude. I, I I know you think there's some there's some conspiracy behind Rob Manfred, but he is an idiot. Like he is, he, like just to be like, just to be like. Listen, I have no plans to add another team home, but if I did, au contraire, yeah. au contraire, wink, dude, wink. this wink, man wink. is a brilliant son of a b. He was just like, we're not planning on adding a new team, but if you have two point two billion, we could easily Laying get you around. in. Boom! And, then if you, and then now he's billionaires around there, and now he just got every billionaire hooked. What's what's Jeff Bezos doing? Does Portland need a team? All right, so just so just in fifteen seconds, right off the top of your head, what's your what's your uh, what's your new MLB franchise? Where are they where are they putting it? Vegas. Vegas. Why Vegas? Sports betting is legal. The NFL is there. Hockey is there, and they proved relevant quickly. Garbage. Montreal. Bring it back. Garbage. Where's Montreal? Canada. Ugh, gross. It's not even America. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it's not even America. Uh, all right. So last sec, I do. Granky keeps striking people out on are getting strikes with fifty three miles per hour. I just wanted to mention it on the pod. It's here's, <laughs> here's the thing, right? Trevor. Everybody is in love with Trevor Bauer. Zach Greinke has been doing the things Trevor Bauer has been doing to no applause for years. He He's literally just you. The people were like Trevor Bauer pitched with an eye closed. It was like Zach Greinke told the batter what pitch was coming and then struck him out and st- threw it and still struck him out. Yeah. That is the that is the ultimate. Just because he's a little bit of a weirdo, right? Which I'll tell you, most pitchers I've met, including myself, are weirdos. Yeah, like the legend who's still in his inning after chugging his drink and slamming it on the pole. Did you see that video? Yes. Said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Arkansas relief pitcher. Yeah, who crushed a Red Bull and then ran out to like John Rocker used to sprint out to the mound 
pitchers are weirdos, right? But he's been doing, he's been, he's literally in the last three starts thrown Ephesus, right? <laughs> For strikes. Also, uh, all that's, that's awesome. So we'll, we'll move into standing out. I have one late addition to standing, standing out. All right, go ahead. Lead off. Anthony Rizzo striking out Freddie Freeman. And the end of the, I love the Freddie Freeman, <laughs> Anthony Rizzo friendship. Have you seen the pickle, the pickle video? So they got, no. they, they got in a pickle. I think it was in spring training when they were mic'd up, when Anthony Rizzo was mic'd up. And they got him and they got him at third base in a pickle. And he ran Freddie Freeman back. But as soon as he got the ball and said it was, saw it was Freddie Freeman, started dying laughing and yelled, Frederick, <laughs> and just chased after him. And then str- and then K's him up <laughs> on a sixty mile per hour breaking ball. I mean, you you gotta love it. That's uh, that's pretty good. I do I do appreciate that. I love when a position player strikes out another position player. That's the ultimate bragging rights, bro. <laughs> Dude, I think I think it would be the one time in the MLB that I could actually record a hit. Like throw <laughs> throw me in like seven through nine when like the first baseman is coming up and he's just throwing seventy mile per hour cheese and these MLB players who aren't used to changes in velocity like that can't hit it. Put me up there, dude. I'm so ready. I'll I'll take Anthony Rizzo deep. That's because you're not a hitter like me, dude. I'd hit like two nineteen probably. <laughs> There's <laughs> no way you did two nineteen. You're getting you're fine and cut right now for just. Thinking that. <laughs> Bro, it's a running joke for multiple podcasts now. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's that joke. Did you see Mike Vick's forty-yard time as a forty-seven-year-old? Was I impressed? I wasn't impressed. Four point seven four at forty-seven. I just I, that I I know I should be impressed. I'm not that impressed. Wow, that's that's hot, bro. <laughs> Tough crowd. Well said, he. Jesus, I, just, I I know I should I know I should be impressed, but. I just, Matt's I, almost fifty out there, <laughs> dusting mofos, bro. He's putting on the Jets. Unreal, bro. That's crazy that you think that. But shout out to Rich Eisen's Run Rich Run. He does it annually around the draft for the NFL Network. Oh, yeah. Does it to raise a bunch of money, and he runs the forty in a suit. If you haven't seen it, it's hysterical because it's an unathletic bald white man trying to put on the quicks and. Yeah, I mean it's as bad as you would think it is. I think he ran like a six point eight or something like that. <laughs> something not impressive at all. Uh, you want to do the next one? Yeah, hold on. I was looking. Uh, Mike, <laughs> uh, the 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 top story that popped up. Mike Vick was disappointed in himself after running a, a four seven two. See, me and Mike Vick are both disappointed in him. See. You're burying me, and Mike Vick is disappointed in him himself. Why are you burying me, <laughs> bro? What's your forty time? <laughs> I'll do the dude. Ah, uh, what was it? What? What? Uh, hold on. Let me let me consult with my my fitness coach here. It was like a five five. <laughs> <laughs> it was higher than that. <laughs> okay, it was like a five five seven. Five seven, yeah, like a five. Seven. Basically, it would be a tough race between me and Peyton Manning in the forty. <laughs> oh, good lord, dude! I moved on to the next one, you clown, dude. So, so standing out, I'll I'll do the Cubs fan one. So the Cubs fans teaching him young. We'll post we'll post this video on the podcast room three hundred three account. But uh, home run ball by the Dodgers uh, today in the uh, in in the. 
doubleheader of the series, caught by a young kid. Uh, his dad picks him up, walks him to the edge, and the kid, with a lefty cannon, by the way, throws the ball back on the field. So that's that's good to see that that we're teaching him young that that trash home run balls and in visitor home run balls get thrown back onto the field. And that kid went home with two dubs. Yeah, a hundred percent. F you Dodgers. Yeah. All right. So Carmelo Anthony broke into the top ten, passing Elvin Hayes, I believe. Man, I should know that. That's embarrassing. Anyways, uh, breaks breaks into the top ten all time in NBA history for scoring. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> he just dropped some heat on Nick's head. It's awesome because he's not even mic'd up, but he's just coming at you hard, bro. So Michael Vick had a faster forty time than four Carolina picks. What do you have to say to that, Nick? Uh, yeah, I mean that's impressive. <laughs> now it's impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, considering most of them were offensive linemen, I would hope he had a faster forty time. <laughs> He's fifty years old. <laughs> Anyways, but Carmelo Anthony, um, what can I say? He's top ten in scoring, and a few years ago, the man couldn't even get a job in the NBA. There was thirty-two teams. Or sorry, thirty teams that didn't give this man a contract, and he's the tenth leading scorer in the NBA. Yeah, fellow I mean, Weekwa, by the way. I mean, we've I mean we've 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 talked about it, right? We've talked about how how Carmelo Anthony has really in the last couple of years reinvented himself. He actually learned how to play this thing called defense, uh, and he's really one of the true former superstars that's that's embraced his role. And kind of been like, you know what? You want me to come in? You want me to be the sixth man? You want me to be a spot-up shooter? You want me to be that veteran leadership that can, you know, I've been there, done that to these guys? Sure. Like, I'll and do it. You do, so his his post-game speech when they gave him the game ball and they made him uh, they made him give the speech, um, man, you could tell how much it meant to him because he was out, because he was out of the league. Like, he was just, yeah. you know, so I thought it was dope, but, you know. Best Puerto Rican basketball player in NBA history. You know, I got to support my boy on that one. All right. And then uh, last but not least, uh, Amy Bockerstedt, first person with Down syndrome to compete in National Collegiate Athletic Championship. So, um, yeah. that's I just thought that was freaking tight. Yeah, so she's, not- a, she's a golfer, by the way. I didn't put that. I didn't say that, but she's going to be competing in golf. Uh, if for, for those of you with uh, children out there, and uh, girls at that, the most unused Division One college scholarship is women's golf scholarships. Apparently, only 25% of the money available for female golf scholarships gets used every year. Why don't they just give every female golfer a scholarship then? Well, I think they do. They just don't have enough. They don't have enough people in, interested in female golf. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. She was the first person to earn a college athletic scholarship as well with Down syndrome. Not the oh, first nice. person. <laughs> that would make her really old if she was the first person. All right, let's move into find him and cut him. You got it, bro. Take it away. Yeah, so uh, you, you talked about really good uh, Puerto Rican basketball players. Um, let's talk about really bad Puerto Rican boxers. You want to go into that first? <laughs> you got it, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so uh, Felix Verdejo is facing multiple charges related to the death of a 27-year-old woman, uh, 
Kalisa Rodriguez, uh, whose family says she was pregnant with uh, Vadejo's daughter, was found dead in a lagoon in San Juan uh, several days after uh, <laughs> after being uh, after being reported missing. So the the FBI complaint uh, from the family. Uh, alleges that uh, Verdeo punched her in the face, injected her with a syringe containing a substance, and then restrained her arms and feet with the help from an identified witness, tied a heavy block to her feet, and then threw her off her bridge before shooting at her. And it's not its not funny, but it just gets to the point where it's just, this, is, this story is just getting wilder and wilder. What the hell? Yeah. So, Holy shit. Yeah. He was uh, charged... She was. What was he charged with? Uh, he was charged with. Uh, he's had just multiple charges. It just says multiple charges. Uh, no, no, he has been charged with kidnapping resulting in death, carjacking resulting in death, and intentionally killing an unborn child. Good God, that dude should run uh, in hell for that. Rodriguez's mother told told reporters she received a call from her daughter before she disappeared on Thursday, and she told. Uh, her daughter or her daughter told her that uh Verdejo was coming over to see the results of her pregnancy test and that Verdejo had already threatened her so that's that's a fun way that's a fun way to start to find him and cut him that's that's brought Man. to you by a longtime podcast uh executive producer in Nevada Putnam good lord that was i mean it makes the rest of this irrelevant I mean, we just might as well just end it right there. Yeah. Well, let's let's go into a little bit lighter of fun. I'm going to cut him, though. Uh, A's left-handed pitcher, Jesus uh, Lazardo, broke his hand, right? Broke his left hand. You know, it's not that's that's not kind of weird. You know, weird baseball injuries and, and whatnot. Uh, but he broke his left hand playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> because he was playing video games, got angry, slammed his hand down, on whatever service he was playing video games on and broke his hand. And we and 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 you know, I can identify this, but I don't I don't punch stuff. I just sacrifice my controllers to the video game gods. Yeah, you and E. Yeah, that's right. Uh so PSG <laughs> PSG, bro. What could I say? Yeah. So they have never you know, advanced past the quarterfinals by winning a two, uh, a two leg matchup, and they finally did that against Bayern, who was just crucified by injuries. And then they go in and play Man City, and the first matchup they had an awful r- red card. Then they have ten men with seven players circling the official, trying to get another player thrown off for the Man City side, who. In their kind of defense, he should have been thrown off. But then they went around playing and tackling and playing dirty and boohooing to the ref the whole time. Then this game that just happened today, uh, they accused Bjorn Kupers of saying "f you" and "f off." Just take the L. You guys lost. Yeah, and and it, it gets to the point where if you're surrounding the referee at some point he's going to lose his patience and if that's the worst thing that he said then okay like he you guys already had 10 men at home he's probably already annoyed because he's handed out multiple not even cards multiple fouls <laughs> to you guys you're tackling dirty and yeah it's probably he's probably gonna tell you to f off and f you 
As he should. What were they? <laughs> this this is always what we say on this podcast. What were they saying to him? Yeah, exactly. Ex- they were like, if we would have said that, we would have got a three game ban. If we would have said that, sh- shut up. You know what you got? You got sent home early because you guys stink. <laughs> you did. You did. You got a three game ban from the Champions League. Yeah. By losing, <laughs> you got a one game ban from the Champions League final. You stinkers. You've been fine and cut, you bums. All right, let's get. Before we get into your historic rant, uh, LeBron James comments on the playing games. So, uh, around July time frame of last year, LeBron James was saying, hey, why not? It's a great idea. Might as well take those teams and have them play five games against each other to see who should get in. Now, what, uh, what, was, when, when, when he was saying this, what, uh, what seed was he? The one seed. Oh, okay, okay. And then... Right? Okay. All right, fair. Dope. That's good. You want your ambassador to be about it. Get that playing tournament some steam. Boom. Playing tournament was a success last year. We saw some terrific basketball. It was awesome. Right? The Blazers got into that eight seed. Everyone was just like, this is the best eight seed we've seen in a while. And then they got mollywopped by the Lakers because LeBron James was on the Lakers. Now, flash forward, three game, lo- three game losing streak. LeBron James is sitting out the next game, back-to-back for injury. Now he's not playing the next two or three games for injury. And the Lakers were in the seventh seed. And it's unreal. Now he's complaining that it doesn't make any sense, blah, blah, blah. Uh, What are you talking about? So, uh, podcast... um, Intern E said, one thing you can't just do is go straight to the playoffs because it discredits the 60-plus games that guys had fighting for that position. LeBron said in March of 2020 on the road trip and podcast, you got Portland, you got Memphis, New Orleans, and Sacramento tinkering tinkering around there. So if there's five or ten games left, why not let the guys battle out? Make them play each other all five games. So now he's not about it because his team – is going to be in this play-in game, and he doesn't want to face Steph Curry. <laughs> or Portland. Well, Portland is the team that is in the sixth seed. Are they? Yeah. And I, what a hypocrite is all I'm saying. Yeah. Don't support it. So. Embrace it and, and and suggest the idea, and then the minute you're in it, be upset. Well, I mean that's that's pretty that's, – I mean we, we've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast about that and LeBron James. Okay, next. Go ahead, bro. Take it away. Okay. All right. So we talked about the NCAA. They extended Mark Emmerich, right? Uh, they they just – or Mark Emmerich. They, they, they don't know how to manage this. But the NCAA is also composed of 168 Division I football teams. One of these Division I football teams, the University of Nebraska, recently broke ground on a new football facility to be completed by 2023. That's pretty good, right? State-of-the-art facility will have its own conditioning, uh, its own locker rooms, its own dining hall, everything like that. It's things that I that I complained about on the last podcast, Jermaine, right? But they're creating basically a whole new... Uh, they're basically taking the student out of student-athlete and refusing to, and refusing to admit it. Uh, however, I have a problem with this. It is a $155 million football facility. Just Do all the students get to use it? No. No. Just, oh, okay. the, uh, just the Nebraska football team. 
just an update on the Nebraska football team, in case you guys haven't been following. Uh, they haven't had a winning record since 2016. They haven't been ranked at the end of the season since 2013. They haven't won the Big Ten. I, I, actually, they haven't won their conference because the last time they, they've they've never finished above third in the Big Ten. They, the last time they won the Big Twelve was in two thousand and eight, and their last two loss season, Jermaine. 2001. E, e, if you could look up real quick, when was Nebraska's last first round draft pick? It's got to be an offensive lineman. It, it's it's got to be a it's got to be a hog molly position. Wait, who was the running back they had the other? Uh, but, no, it definitely wasn't him. That is ridiculous. A $155 million football facility for a team that hasn't had a winning record in four years. Prince Amakamura was their <laughs> last first-round draft pick. What year was that, E? Oh, my God. That was the 2000s, dude. Prince Amakamura is retired. I think that's how long ago it was. What year was that? Oh, as we, as we wait, God. As we, as we wait for intern E. That's um, damning. $155 million practice facility. They haven't had a winning record since 2016. They haven't been ranked since 2013, and they haven't lost less than two games, less than three games since 2001. How, how, is, this, how is this possible? I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm not even going to rant about it because that's just, that's just ridiculous. And all right. 2011 was their last first-round draft pick, and Prince Makamura, cornerback. A decade. A decade ago. And and Jesus. and and E just posted Clemson. Clemson has a fifty-five million dollar football complex, and they've produced national titles. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, yo, Prince Mukamura has a big teeth. <laughs> That's breaking news from Jermaine. <laughs> Oh man, it doesn't look out of place, but he just has big teeth. Yeah, fifty-five million for Clemson, and this—they tripled that score. Yeah, I. God, I don't know. We're just gonna leave it at that. Yeah, y'all been fined and cut. Uh, let's just finish the trivia because that, that was just frustrating to see. So we asked you at the beginning of the show how many fall. Hall, Jesus, how many? <laughs> how many fall how, of hammers? <laughs> how many fall of hammers are? <laughs> Jeez, oh my! God. All right, I got it. All right, bring in the relief pitcher. Jermaine's done. He's pitched a good game. All right, Jermaine's good. He's pitched a good Fucking game. We're legend. Bring, <laughs> we're, we're bringing <laughs> we're bringing in the lefty, the lefty reliever. All right, so we asked you at the beginning of the show how many Hall of Famers were first overall picks. How many were undrafted free agents, and which one is greater than the other one that should have given you a clue uh, towards towards uh, which side to pick? Fourteen Hall of Famers were first overall picks. Seventeen Hall of Famers are undrafted free agents, which basically means don't waste your first round picks. They're going to stink. 
just get undrafted free agents and try to develop them into good players. That's my GM advice for the podcast. Dude, if I had the first pick, I'd trade back every time. Just seeing would you, this. Would you really? You know what you could get for the overall first overall pick every time? Well, hopefully you only get it once in your GM tenure, right? No, I want 32 every time. <laughs> you want like, thir- Why would I ever Why would I ever want the first pick? I want 32nd in the first round every time. No, th- that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you only want the number 1 pick once in your GM tenure. No. And then you want and then you want like you want number 1 and then you want like a number 16 and then you want like 32. No, I just want to walk in the door, sign Ryan Fitzpatrick at age sixty-eight. No, and you got pick thirty-two, bro. No, you have to. You you you're not playing this correctly. You have to sign a quarterback that will put. You have to sign like uh, you have to sign Tom Brady. So this is what you do: you sign a sixty-eight-year-old Tom Brady and a sixty-eight-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick. Don't play Brady until that after those first four games, because we know Fitz Magic is lights out in those first four games. Right? Boom. Then we move. Then we move through. Wow! Did you see that last undrafted free agent in the Hall of Fame was 1990? John Randall wow. was. Uh, who was of recent first round number one overalls? Who's going to the Hall of Fame? What What was Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning was a number one, was he? He was number two. He was number two. And Ryan Leaf ain't going to the Hall of Fame anytime soon. <laughs> Not anytime <laughs> soon, bro. Wow, I'd have to look at that list. That's yeah, pretty that's, shocking. That's so. Let's let's think. So Manning was what ninety nine. Yeah. Who was drafted in two thousand? Number one. Bro, I'm not gonna remember that. Uh, Pace. Uh, oh, Pace. Orlando Pace ni- was from nineteen ninety seven. No, no nineteen ninety seven. No, that's the last uh, number one overall pick. To, well, I mean, like, the, yeah, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well. That's that's the uh, show. I hope you guys enjoyed episode 64. Remember to uh, like uh, and follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room 303. Like I said, we'll add, uh, we'll add the video of the uh, adorable Cubs fan uh, throwing the ball back with his lefty cannon. Shout out to E. Maybe might have moved out of interim interim status. Uh, interim intern status this podcast we'll we'll see if he can go three for three when when he goes three for three it's a streak what do you got for the people jermaine uh i vote nay the nays have it tough rocketeer out hey everybody have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies i knew insert player name here was gonna do that alas the sports gods have delivered us a solution the thrive fantasy app Thrive is a -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top-tier athletes in the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, or esports. For the NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options, and yes, even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and eSports events, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event, meaning if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. 
By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also, code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Not all states qualify.